All right, we are in Isaiah chapter 9 this morning. Isaiah chapter 9. Very familiar verse of Scripture to us. Uh, I would dare say that many of us, if, if we've been in the faith for a while, could probably even quote this. So I'm going, since it's one verse, I'm going to invite us to read this out loud together. And then we will get into the subject, Jesus is all we need. So Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Let's read it together. And don't feel afraid if your version is a little different than uh, some others. Um, that'll be all right. So let's read together. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Many of us have quoted this for a long, long time. I know for me, I probably remember as a child uh, learning this verse of Scripture at Christmas time, and now. I am 42 years old, and so that roughly puts it at 35 years of knowing this verse. But this is one of those verses, and I hope when you read Scripture that it truly gets sweeter to you the more you read it, the more you begin to meditate upon it, and think about all that is in just this one verse alone. Now, this is the prophecy of Isaiah um, prophesying of the birth of the Christ. And so we're, we're looking at the subject, as I said a moment ago, Jesus is all we need. Now, there, there are a lot of people that think, no, I don't need Jesus. I need this, I need that, fill in the blank with all kinds of things that they think they need. But the truth is that many people in the Christian community will say, yeah, oh yes, Jesus is all I need. But it's a whole different thing to act like He's all we need. So many times we will say that and we'll give lip service to that, but then when, especially when the difficult times of life come, and we should be calling upon Him, we should be pressing into our relationship with Him more than ever, we have a tendency to back away. We have a tendency sometimes to, to go to money, uh, buying. Uh, sometimes we go into uh, abuse of alcohol and drugs. And there are all kinds of things that people do in, in an attempt to seek out meeting a need. They run to all the wrong places. And I love here how this verse with just a few simple phrases, covers it all. Jesus is everything that you and I could ever need, or could ever even imagine needing. So, uh, I'm just going to take and, and unpack this one verse this morning. First of all, Jesus is God's gift to us all. The scripture says, unto us a child is born. Unto us... A son is given. And I know there are people that would say, No, Jesus only died for a certain group of people. 
That is a contradiction to the Word of God. I have had people say, well, Jesus only died for the elect. Or Jesus only died for those of a certain color. I've, I've, I've had people tell me that. I've had people say, Matthew, I, I have uh, gotten this, uh, this information here saying that uh, this particular race of people are the chosen ones. Jesus died for them and them alone. That's not what the scriptures say. Last time I checked when John said, For God so loved who? The world. The world is not just a little portion. It's not a little segment. It's not who we pick and choose. God loved the entire world. And you can take the world and put every single name in that. God loved you so much that He gave His only begotten Son. That when you believe in Him, you shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's good news. First John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 say, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Interesting. He didn't say, my, my little children, these things I write to you so you think you can live it up and do whatever you want. No, he says, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation, that's just a big word, satisfying payment for our sins. And get this, not for ours only, but also for the whole world. You can't get any better than that. Good stuff. God, uh, Jesus is God's gift to us all. He saw us in a mess. He saw us in a desperate need. We could not save ourselves. There was nothing that we could do. And at the right time, Galatians 4 says, In the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. Beautiful truth. He's God's gift to every single one of you and to me, to all who are watching and to those who will never even darken the door of this church or watch us by Facebook. He's God's gift to us all. But I want you to notice the second thing. He's our ruler and our master Notice it says the government will be upon his shoulder. He is he's the ruler. He is the one with all authority and power. I know there are a lot of people across the world who they think the buck stops with them. Because they uh, have the title president or governor or whatever. They think, oh, I can just do what I want and I can make the people do what I want. And they can bow down to me, but... What does the scripture say? God's the one who sets up kings. And we know very easily from biblical history that God can also take them down. And some of you think there's some you'd like to take down right now, but that's another sermon. That's another sermon. Let's stick to Isaiah, Isaiah 9. And, and the truth is that all these people who are in authority in all these different places... Scripture says one day their knee is going to bow and their tongue is going to confess to Je that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of the Father. And you know some are going to do so willingly and some are going to do so because it's too late. They're like, I wish I had. May we be the ones who do it 
before it's too late. Let's go on to the next phrase. It says, and his name will be called Wonderful. Now, I know many, some of you have translations that probably say Wonderful Counselor. I love how the New King James, which is what I'm using, actually breaks up those two words. He, he is a wonderful counselor, and that's great. But let's just stop and focus on the fact this morning that he is wonderful. He is wonderful. And, you know, when I think about that, I think, that's a great word. But when you try to describe how wonderful and how great our Savior is, our words really aren't adequate. We can try and try and try again. Wonderful simply means extraordinary. He is extraordinary. He is greater. He is more wonderful, more marvelous than we could comprehend or understand. He is wonderful. You start thinking about all the great things that He has done in your life. And I think if we took a break to testify, we'd be here for a while because you and I have tasted of how wonderful He is. Some of you have been healed from diseases. You can testify to His healing power. Some of you have been in financial ruin and God showed up and provided for you. You can testify that God is a wonderful provider. You can testify over and over again. There, there have been prayers that you have prayed that people said, well, you're foolish to pray them. Those things will never come to pass. And you're here to say today, yes, my God did exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He is wonderful. But then... Let's go to that counselor part. Now this, this is not a... I, I know some people will try to use this. Say, well, Jesus is a wonderful counselor, so don't, don't you go to human counselors. God uses human counselors. They're not, as, uh, they're not faultless like the wonderful counselor. They, their advice can be flawed, but God does use them. In fact, uh, Proverbs says in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. That's why you go to a multitude of them, because if you go to the one, especially the one that tells you what you want to hear, you're going to be in a heap of trouble. That's what I used to do when I was in Bible college. I think about you know, my, my son Micah's in, in that Bible college stage of life now, and when I was going through major decisions, especially when a decision to leave a particular ministry, uh, I, was, I was finding friends that I, I'm like, oh yeah, I know he'll tell me what I want to hear. So I asked that particular guy for advice. But people are going to steer you wrong. But our wonderful counselor, he never will. You want to know his will, you want to do his will, you seek it, you find it, he will never give you bad advice. Our counselor, our Lord and Savior, he is the one who gives us guidance and he gives us purpose. I think about my life prior to salvation, but especially before I understood God's will and His plan for my life and what He wanted. I'll tell you, I, I was just existing. I was a teenage boy that wanted to know why God put me on this earth. I wanted to know, what is it, God, that you are doing? Is, is there anything uh, that you have for me? 
And w- when I finally yielded to that, it was amazing. It was amazing the fact that I now had a purpose because I had yielded and given my life fully to the wonderful counselor and he had given me a road map. And he continues to give me a road map. And can I say that not all the time am I uh, quick to say, oh yes, I, I want to, especially the hard tasks that God gives us, and I know y'all have those too. When God gives you a difficult thing to do, you're like, Lord, let somebody else do it, not me. God, I don't want to have to deliver a harsh word to somebody that's uh, out of God's will. I, I don't want to do this difficult thing. But when God gives you purpose, He equips you. There has never been a task. Now, I may not have done it as well as somebody else, but God always equipped me for it. He's wonderful. He's counselor. But get this next phrase, and I've had people try to argue with me on this one. The prophet Isaiah prophesying of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is mighty God. I know there are people that say, oh, no, 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 Matthew. You have misread that. No, I haven't. M-I-G-H-T-Y space G-O-D. Jesus is mighty God. Now, I understand, yes, some might say, oh, Matthew, no, 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 no. He, you know, he's, he's just a prophet. He's, he's a good man. He's a homie. Some people think, oh, he's a beer buddy. I've had people try to tell me that. Oh, yeah, Jesus, he'd tie one on with me. He'd chug back a bottle of beer, surely. But, no, he's mighty God. And with all that comes with being God in the deity of Christ, he is holy, he is righteous, he is high and lifted up, and we cannot bring him down to an unholy level. I didn't plan on saying any of that, but he is mighty God. Well, you say, okay, maybe, maybe this one scripture had it wrong. What about John 1, 1? I read that earlier. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's Jesus, the express image of who God is. Okay, let's keep going. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. But get this. Has in these last days spoken to us by His Son. Why would He, why would he speak to us by His Son? What, what is so significant and so wonderful? The writer of Hebrews continues and explains oh, and expounds on that. Whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds. You can even go back to Genesis 1, when God said, Let us create man in our image after our likeness. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were all present at creation. He is God. Goes on to say, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty 
on high. Here's another one, Colossians 1, 15 through 18. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things consist, and He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have the preeminence. When I copied and pasted the verses here, I missed the part that in in, uh, verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. You say, and, and, and you know, people of that time when Jesus was alive, walking this earth, you know, they, he pretty much stated, "You've seen if uh, you if, if you're looking to see God, you, you've seen Him by seeing Me. I and My Father are one. He is mighty God." Your Savior, my Savior. He is mighty God. He is the all-powerful one. There is nothing that He cannot do. But let's go on to the next phrase. Everlasting Father. I'm giving a quote from a man by David Sunday. It says, Jesus, the Messiah, is the only one who can reveal God's fatherly character to us. For he is one in nature and essence with the Father. Isaiah couldn't have fully seen the light of glory that shone from Jesus when he dwelt among us. But from Jesus' own lips, words such as these were spoken. I just quoted this one. I and my Father are one. No one understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. That's from John 10. From John 14, 9 and 10. Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Then later, or actually back up a few uh, verses, John 14, 6. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Jesus is the perfect image of God and the exact representation of His being. Jesus alone makes the Father known. Indeed, he says in John 14, 6, No one can come to the Father except through him. He is the mediator between God and man. We don't have to go to anyone but Jesus. Aren't you thankful? I've had people try to come to me. And and, and they think, oh, Matthew, you can forgive my sin. No, I can't. Now, if you do wrong to me, and you, and you come and you ask, uh, you say, Matthew, I'm sorry, I, I'll forgive you for that. And, and, but I, I cannot impose forgiveness onto you. I'm not that powerful. I'm a human, flawed being. Praise God, I'm saved. Praise God, I have the righteousness of Christ applied to me. But still, I don't have that power. Only Jesus does. But then let's look at the last phrase this morning. He is the Prince of Peace. The Hebrew word for peace, shalom, is often used in reference to the appearance of calm and tranquility of individuals, groups, and nations. 
I'm sharing words from a commentator here. The, the word, and I'm not sure that I would pronounce it right, it looks like Irene or Irene, means unity and accord. And Paul uses this Greek word to describe the objective of the New Testament church. But the deeper, more foundational meaning of peace is the spiritual harmony brought about by an individual's restoration with God. When I read that statement, all I could think of was Ephesians chapter 2. Starting in verse 14, it says, For he himself, that's talking about Jesus, is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. You and I, that before salvation, there was a wall of separation between us and God. But, or before the cross, that wall of separation, it says he's broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we, have, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. You want peace? You want peace that passes all understanding? You have turmoil in your spirit? My first question when people come to me and say, Matthew, I'm, I'm just, there's no peace. My first question is, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace? Because there is no peace apart from Him. You can try. You can, you can get into all kinds of human relationships. You can try this. You can try that. But at the end of the day, there is only one giver of peace, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is all we need. Paul said in Colossians 1, I read a moment ago, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He is at the center of it all. So my question to you this morning, is he at the center of your life? Are you trying to be satisfied by other things? If you're the one that's grappling and just trying to find peace at any other uh, place or with any other person, my plea from the depth of my heart has come to Jesus today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Jesus really is all we need. And when I think about I was praying with the elders this morning before the service. And as I was praying, it just hit me. All that God has done in my life. I want it for every single one of you. I want it for every person I do not know. I want everyone to know what it, what it is like to be set free from the bondage of sin. 
And this morning, what I want to invite you to do, if you, if you are that person who does not know Christ, and today you want to give your life to Christ, nobody's going to be looking around. You can come and, and someone can share with you how you can be saved. But maybe you're here and you're, you're thinking, Matthew, I, I, have tr I trusted Christ long ago. All of that is settled. Praise God. I am rejoicing with you. But maybe there's somebody you know. Maybe somebody's really close to you. You know if they were to die today. You don't know that they'd go to heaven. I want you to take time this morning. Whether it's at your seat or here at the altar. Just to pray. We want Jesus to be at the center of every life. Every life in this room, every life outside this room. We want Jesus to be the center of this, this church. I'm going to pray. We're going to remain in an attitude of prayer. Austin's going to sing. Father, God, my heart is heavy this morning when I think that there are people who are trying to make it without Jesus. God, I, it bothers me because I know It's not a road that, that goes well. So God, for anyone in this room, for anyone watching this service, and God, for those who are close and heavy on our hearts today, God, we pray this Christmas, may they come to know this great Jesus that we talked about here from the Word of God. As we remain in an attitude of prayer, Austin's going to sing.
Let's sing, Jesus be the center of my life. Jesus be the center of my life. Jesus be the center of my life. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus Nothing else matters, nothing in this world will do. Jesus, you're the center. Jesus, you're the center. And everything revolves around you, Jesus, you, nothing else. Nothing else matters, nothing in this world will do. Jesus, you're the center, and everything revolves around you, Jesus, you. Lord. You are the center. Thank you for invading our lives when we were lost and undone. Thank you for the change that took place. Thank you for transforming us from glory to glory as by your Spirit. Thank you for molding us and shaping us into the image of Christ. Father, I pray, as we get ready to go from here in a moment, for any of us who have been leaning on anything but Jesus, may right now we decide we are going to lean on the one who is all we need. And this is our prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, amen and amen. Well, thank you for being here this morning. It is hard to believe we are exactly two Sundays away from Christmas. Next week's going to be a special day. We got uh, some special things up our sleeves and uh, a lunch. So, like I said earlier, if you have not signed up to bring something, please see that sheet and sign up before you leave here today. Uh, I'm once again thankful for my sons joining me this morning in worship. It's always a blessing to, uh, to minister alongside them in the work that God uh, began. And the awesome part, I can't take credit for any of it. <laughs> that's, that's the beautiful part of it. Uh, God has done the work, and uh, I give Him the glory. So thank you for being here. look forward to seeing you next Sunday. God bless you all.